Welcome to Story Over Everything with Edward Atwell and Chaz Reed. What's going on, everybody? This is Aaron Edward Atwell with Edward Atwell Films here with my co-host, Chaz Reed. What's happening, Chaz? Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. It's always a pleasure, my man. Is it? Uh, it is, man. I'm telling you, you have gotten so busy, Aaron. I feel like um, I feel like I don't know you anymore, man. I'm feeling I'm feeling very neglected, Aaron. Are you? We got to do better, okay? Well, how does that make you feel, though? How does it make me feel? Yeah. So on, so it's like I have a good side and I have a bad side. Okay. I'm happy that you're doing good in business and you're very busy, but I also feel very sad because I don't get to talk to Aaron anymore. Dude, you stopped sending me the wake up messages. You used to send me a wake up message every day. I still listen to him every day. You know, <laughs> you got to get pumped up in the morning, guys, because it's, it's a dog eat dog world out here. I don't care if you're shooting weddings or not, guys. If you, I'm telling you, you better, you better get on it and get motivated and get things popping early in the morning. Good advice, man. So what have you, uh, what have you been up to since our last podcast, which we released this week? So we're on schedule for at least one week. There we go. There we go. We're back on track, guys, for this week. Um, <laughs> no promises for next what week. Have I, what have I been up to? I've been up to um, a lot of home improvement stuff. I've you had did. weddings. I've had uh, two, two weddings mm-hmm. since the last podcast. I had one Saturday. But, um, man, guys, if you stay with your parents, just go ahead and ride it out until you're, like, 50, you know? Because <laughs> um, when you get your own home, man, it gets real then, guys. It gets real. I've been dishing out a couple hundred dollars every day, you know, mm. just on maintenance stuff. Nothing's broke. Nothing is broke, guys. You don't know about this stuff until you get your own home. But maintenance, oh, it's real. Aaron, are you okay over there? Dude, just, I'm choking because you're, you're talking about your house maintenance. It's funny because I've been doing house maintenance as well. Not maintenance. I'm kind of like refinishing. Oh, um, yeah. I'm finally you done with there. the stairs. And then you I did there. the hallway upstairs. I did the, the hardwood floors. And I've got three bedrooms left, um, which hopefully I'll get to this coming week. Aaron, Aaron the tool man Taylor. Yeah. Sometimes they call me that. I've, I've heard that more than once. Yeah. I call myself Chaz the tool man Taylor whenever I have to dude. change my bulbs. <laughs> That's good, dude. Um, so, in other news, uh, I broke my iPad, mm. um, which is, is disheartening. I think I showed you a picture of it. Yeah, it's one. We, uh, me and Anthony, uh, who's a guy I've been kind of hiring to work with me a little, uh, we went to a shoot in Charlotte and got back, and I was unloading my stuff from the car, set my iPad on top of it, and he drove away, and my iPad broke in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of sad about that. Had a few good meetings this week. Made a sale. Um, you know, more of the same stuff. Just normal. There we go. Normal business Ballin'. life. Yeah. Balling. I don't know about all that. But uh, so, dude, we've got a uh, we've got a special guest today. Yes, we do. Um, and it's not Mark Viteri, Mm-mm. who uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've listened back to the last podcast or not yet. But it's funny to listen to it. Like he freezes up a couple times. Um, like at the beginning and then in the middle, he's just kind of like, uh, don't know what to say. Um, I thought that was funny, but, uh, without further ado, uh, I'd like to introduce our special, uh, special, that's not even the right word, special guest, Heidi Thompson. Heidi, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? 
Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Chess, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing lovely. You don't look as tired now. You seem like you got not, I, I actually haven't got any rest. I think this is from the monster that I had earlier. Okay. So, well, yeah. it's nice to see you smile. I appreciate that. Thanks, man. Um, so, Heidi, uh, introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, so I help wedding professionals of all types grow their businesses without going crazy in the process. That's pretty much what I do in a nutshell. And I am a business and marketing strategist for wedding business owners. And I'm also an educator. So I'm definitely on the side of teaching people how to do these things that they can implement within their business to grow and not drive themselves crazy, ideally. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's definitely needed in this industry because it's a pretty cutthroat industry. You can, you can lose yourself if you're not careful. So being that our podcast is geared towards beginners, uh, where did you get your beginning? How did you come about this life you have? Oh, boy. That goes way back, actually. So mm. that goes back to when I was in college. <laughs> so we want to take it back that far. Um, so I had worked in college in nonprofit events. I was heading up fundraising for a nonprofit in my college town. And I loved it. And I was like, Oh my God, like event planning. This is so super fun. Mm -hmm. So I kind of followed that. I, I did some additional nonprofit work. I started working with a wedding planner as an assistant and realized, Oh boy, that is intense. Mm -hmm. And I am not that kind of person. So I had kind of kept my eye on this industry at the time I wound up moving to England, which is where my husband is from. Whoa. Yeah. Big change. <laughs> Definitely. And, um, are you, where are you from originally? I'm from Detroit. Oh, okay. Super okay. big change. Yeah. Detroit, and this is like small town <laughs> England too. Like nothing open. With like the England. <laughs> so when you said small town England, all I really imagined, and I could be wrong here, but all I imagined was big hills of green grass and like a wooden fence and like little. Oh, yeah. You're wow. not wrong. <laughs> wow. It's That's super dope. pretty, but it was really weird making that mm. shift. Like I've never lived in a place that small where like yeah. everybody literally knew everybody it was mm. interesting I really I enjoyed it <laughs> but I mean the whole time I was over there I was working in marketing uh, I've worked in marketing for ever it feels like and um, marketing everything from like beds to universities to actual human poop mm. everything I think we'll have to dive a little deeper into that yeah. what exactly do you mean <laughs> Is it like black market stuff or are you? Uh, no, it's legit. And it, okay. yeah, it's like a health thing, but uh, it's super weird. Really? The science is interesting though. Hmm. We'll have to so, do a separate podcast on that topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I noticed in the wedding industry over there, what was happening in real life was really different from what the media and from what wedding shows were putting forth. They were putting forth like a very Cinderella white and fluffy kind of thing when everyone was taking a left turn into like offbeat bride territory. Mm -hmm. So I decided to start a wedding fair where I brought together like really interesting, creative, different vendors with the couples who 
really wanted something different. And I found myself spending a lot of time coaching my exhibitors on how to do this so they get a better return on their investment. And that's when it dawned on me. Not everybody just reads marketing books because they find them interesting. And I should yeah. really bring these worlds together. <laughs> so on that subject, I do like marketing books. Um, this is one of my favorite oh, nice. reads. Um, that's a great one. You, you've probably read it, but Chaz, you should probably read it too. Um, so, well, that's weird. So you went from Detroit to England where there's less nightlife, more grass. And then how did you end up in California? Cause that's where mm. uh, I think you're now, right? Yeah, I'm in San Diego. So um, my husband had lived in England his entire life and was pretty over it. And after, you know, about six years of rainy, cloudy, it doesn't ever get like crazy warm. We were kind of done and we took a trip. Uh, we went to my family's for Christmas and then we went out to San Francisco and we did the Pacific Coast Highway. And so we found ourselves in San Diego, which I had only been one other time before that, on like January 2nd or 3rd. And it was like 75 degrees. Wow. We're like, yep, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. I can totally get used to this. And <laughs> that's when we decided that we were going to move here. Very cool. So you packed up, you moved there, um, mm -hmm. which, which brings me to my first, my first topic and one of the reasons you're here today. Um, so like I said, our podcast, me and Chaz, is geared towards beginners, people who want to get started, um, people who want to find clients and, you know, get paid for doing so. Um, so in your, you know, all across the world opinion, what is something that, you know, beginning people can do? Like how can they market themselves to attract clients to take a chance on them, you know, when maybe they don't have a lot, you know, of portfolio or real or things like that? Yeah. So I think one of the most important things is to have a plan and a strategy for yourself. Even if you're starting, I think what a lot of people do in the beginning that actually makes it more difficult for them is that they just kind of try everything and they don't give anything the necessary focus or time in order to make it successful. And then, you know, they kind of burn themselves out and get frustrated and, you know, feel horrible about themselves when really marketing is fairly simple. If you really boil it down, all it really is, is knowing who you're talking to, which is super important. And we can get into that. And okay, where are they? What are you offering? And what needs to be built in between? What is the bridge that needs to be built for them to understand the value that you provide for them to understand what they're going to get out of this and why it's so important? So I think a lot of people really overcomplicate marketing and it sounds scary, but mm -hmm. that's really all it is, is you're kind of building this bridge for them. Very cool. So uh, Chaz, you got anything? I feel like I'm doing all the talking. Nah, man. It's, um, I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes, you know. I'll taking speak about a little bit of stuff later. Feeds into the nugget of the day. So I'm, okay. I'm, I'm really digging what she's saying. Dude, the, nug the nugget's important. It's the most important part of the show. Um, <laughs> so, so take me on a, a journey here, Heidi, from, you know, someone who's beginning. And so at this point in our show, they know now essentially what does marketing mean for them? 
Um, so how do they get started with this plan? Uh, if you know that's our first step uh, for a new wedding industry professional, how do they go about making this plan? What's important to include in it? So the most important part of any marketing is knowing who you're talking to because the way you market to someone's grandma on an infomercial or on QVC is different than the way you market to someone who's like 16 and Mm -hmm. you know, they're just totally different people. There are different stages. They use different language. They think differently. And that's when you get like the miss, like the weird disconnections in companies, like when they do marketing that is not aligned and it's like the, that meme, the hello fellow kids. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Oh, that's <laughs> way off. Yes. Yeah. But the most important thing is to know who you're talking to. So really what I ask people is, first of all, you get to choose this. And I think we forget more often than not that we get to choose a lot of things in our business and we don't. Mm-hmm. We just let it happen to us. Right. But you actually get to choose who you attract by how you market. So who do you want to be the go-to person for? Uh That is the number one question you can answer for yourself in terms of marketing and in terms of your business. And it functions as a compass. It guides you toward what you should be doing and it guides you away from what you shouldn't be doing. So if you're trying to attract a tattooed brides who don't want to cover up tattoos and they really want to be like bright and bold with their weddings. Mm -hmm. Well, your website and your language better reflect that. So should images on your website talk to them. Don't talk to someone who's having like a Catholic ceremony (laughs) and then like a very traditional ballroom, you know, reception. Those are different people. So you have to talk to them differently. So really asking yourself, if I can pick anyone in the world, who do I want to be the go-to person for? And really getting down to who they are. Because I think what a lot of people do when they think about ideal clients is, oh, women between 25 (laughs) and 50 who want to pay me. (laughs) Like, that's literally anyone. Yeah. So So you do have to be more specific. So let me see if, uh, oh, Chaz, you got something. Your finger's up. Got something. <clears throat> I'm glad you said that because, you know, one thing that I always talk about is um, smoke and mirrors. You know, it's essentially the same thing. You know, don't put out products that you don't want to attract. Um, if if you if you're gonna market towards a certain, you know, type of bride, if you want if you want to do doctors, you know, or whatever, you can't do the the barnyard wedding for the baker. No offense, you know, I love baked goods, but, (laughs) you know, it's just a smoke and mirrors, man. Just put out there what you want to get and that's it. And I think a lot of people are afraid to do that because they think that cuts off opportunities, but really it just makes you like a lighthouse because you stand out. You aren't a videographer. You are a videographer for this specific type of person. And at that point, who do they have to compare you to? Maybe one other person who serves that specific kind of client, Mm -hmm. or it feels like a downgrade to work with anyone else when what you offer is so perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So let me, let me see if I'm, if I'm following along uh, good here. So as, as a beginner mindset, uh, I can hear them already DMing me. Um, you know, 
but what if, like, what if, what if, like, you know, what if there's a bunch of people out there who don't like tattoos and I'd still want to do their weddings and all this other stuff. But what it sounds like you're saying is when you select who you want to talk to um, with this individual brand that you're starting, then you have to be comfortable and okay with having other people not like it. Um, because if it's, if it's for the tattoo people, you know, that's our example for right now. Um, then like you said, it's probably not for the, the Catholic crowd. Um, mm. They probably won't resonate with that. And is that something they just have to be okay with and, you know, with their messaging? It is. And I wrote a book about this topic and I struggled with this. read or wrote? I wrote. Oh, nice. It's, and in the beginning, I was like, okay, I need to tackle this objection before I can ever get to a point where people will take action on this. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple different ways to think about this. And one is that if you want to be a magnet, magnets also repel things. Oh, that's a They can't reference. attract everything. And even, I mean, Apple, the most profitable, profitable business in the history of the world. I know people who hate Apple. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm but there are still tons of people who stand in line for the products. I do. I, do. I don't stand in line, exactly. but um, I buy them. I do buy them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there are more Apple fanboys in the world than there are haters and it's fine. You know, if you try to please everyone, you get down to this like nothing message where you aren't really taking a stand on anything. You aren't really being who you are. Just like if any of us were to randomly meet a person, they may for some reason just not like us. And that's fine because not everybody can appease everybody. When you try to do that, you water down what you're doing to the point where now the people who you were trying to attract don't even see themselves in it anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then no one likes it. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. So that's good stuff. Uh, my next question is, you know, I'm just kind of walking through the process here with you. How does one go about researching? So like, let's say uh, for me that I want to do mountain weddings with couples who are adventurous, outdoors type people uh, who, you know, have no kids, you know, whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. how do I go about discovering how to talk to those people? Like once I've selected okay. a group, what's next? Yeah. Like, so the best thing you can do in the practice I teach is if you actually have even one person who you have worked with, even just someone in your social circle that kind of fits this mold you're going for is to talk to them mm-hmm. because this is a super old copywriting trick that you can use. And it's that if you listen more than you talk, people will give you the language that you can use to attract them. And people will value things in what you offer that you don't see. I get that all the time in my own business. When I get a testimonial back from someone, I'm like, what? Really? That's why you decided to work with me? Okay. I obviously Mm -hmm. need to make a bigger deal of that. You know, it's funny that you say that because oftentimes in videos, like when I send them to my clients, they're like, oh, I love how you did this. And I'm saying like, that was not intentional at all. Uh, but, you know, they pick up on things that, you know, are important to them. Yeah, it's just you. It's just the way that you function in your business and that comes across. But if you have anyone that you've worked with that fits this, I highly, highly, highly recommend having a conversation with them and asking them questions along the lines of, okay, what did you research? Where did you look to find your vendors? Where'd you find me? 
who did you look at in addition to me? Why did you choose to work with me instead of them? What was really important to you? All of these things inform your marketing mm -hmm. and you can actually use their exact language as well because we get into this weird curse of knowledge where the way I'm sure the way you guys talk about films mm -hmm. probably doesn't make a ton of sense to me because I'm not in it. <clears throat> so you have to make sure that you are speaking to them in a way where they clearly see the benefit that they're getting out of it. Mm -hmm. And you don't know that if you don't understand what they value. So I had a client who she's a wedding planner. She was struggling to attract enough people she was getting people but they were kind of like lukewarm with her they were like i don't know we're gonna you know talk to other people see how it goes and when she actually spoke to them she found that she was talking about what a lot of wedding planners talk about and that's you don't have enough time you're a busy professional i'm gonna save you all this time but what they actually cared about and what they were actually looking for was something different so a large percent of her clients were Indian they've been to all of their siblings all of their cousins all their friends weddings and it was the same thing over and over and over again so they wanted a way to embrace Indian culture and have their personalities be involved in the wedding itself too so it didn't feel like it's the same wedding we go to every summer in our family and once she switched to marketing based on that, everything changed for her. Very nice. Um, <clears throat> so at this point in the, in the marketing plan ideology we're building, um, is this where we start to build the bridge and talk to customers actively? Yeah. So I'm a big fan of using genuine flattery to get people to tell you this stuff by mm -hmm. really just saying, hey, look, if I could clone you and work with you every weekend, I'd be the happiest person in the world, but you know, we're not there yet. So <laughs> could you answer a couple questions so I can attract more errands to my business? Cause I'd love to just work with people like you mm -hmm. who doesn't want to talk about themselves when you just told them how amazing right. they are. Yeah. Most everybody probably would. Um, yeah. And then you notice things, you know, when you talk to people, you notice that, okay, maybe you were thinking about advertising on Wedding Wire, but not a single one of them mentioned that that's where they're looking. Maybe they're all looking on Instagram. That can help you then make the decisions around what's worth your time and what's worth your focus because you can't do it all well. You have to choose a couple of places, a couple of things you're going to focus on to market your business that are going to get you the biggest bang for your buck. Mm -hmm. Makes good sense. Um, so here's my next question. Uh, let's say we're at this point and you know, we've, we've made this plan. We've discovered who we want to talk to. Um, we've kind of figure out, figured out who they are and how to talk to them. How does one go about, getting in front of these people to talk to them or does that make sense what I'm asking? Yeah. So part of it is knowing where they are, mm -hmm. knowing where they're searching and then making the decision for yourself. 
okay, what am I going to put in front of them in each of these places? Or like if, you know, Google search was really important, what am I going to do over the next 90 days to really bolster my SEO? But when you're thinking about what you're going to put in front of people, like what you're going to post on Instagram, that's where you're thinking about how you're connecting the dots. So where are they in their like psychological journey of planning? Are they at the very beginning? Did they just get engaged? Are they not engaged yet? What's going through their heads? What do they need to know? What objections might they have or misconceptions that you can educate them on? through your content while you're also showing them what you do, showing them your process, showing them how you're different. So really it's thinking about what is it that they need to hear or see or experience in order to either be ready to work with me or to be a step closer. That's good stuff. Chaz, I feel like um, people are probably going to need to listen to this one twice. What do you think? Yeah, it's pretty heavy, man. Um, <clears throat> what what I would say to simplify things again, guys, smoke and mirrors, man. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm your, serious. Everything she is saying, if if you really sit back and think about it, you put out what you want to attract. You know, she's not saying you don't necessarily you don't necessarily have to turn down particular things, right? but you don't need to make them public if they're not what you want to continue doing, you know, because we all know being a freelance videographer, you don't get that. You don't get a gig every week. So maybe you got a rough month and maybe somebody that's not your ideal client hits you up and you, it's just certain things you can do. You can still make the money, but don't put this stuff out. You know, like, like I told you guys a couple of weeks ago, Phil said he shot X amount of weddings and only like two of them made it on his website, you know, because the public is going to go off of what they see, not what they know. You know what I'm saying? Not, not what they, what, not what they don't know rather. But, um, you know, it's funny. I heard uh, today from Luke, uh, who we've had on the podcast before he, uh, he mentioned the same topic you're talking about. And he, he called those one for the meal, not for the real. Oh, I like that. I, I really enjoyed right. it. I don't know if he came up with that, but I'm, you know, this, you heard it here first. Luke Strage said that, uh, and it was. Uh, I just really connected with it because it's true what Chaz is saying that in our industry, um, you know, sometimes you get to a point where something may not be ideal, but to avoid having to work for others or you know stop working at all, um, you know, it may be necessary to do those things. But I don't want to talk about those things. Everybody, don't eat ramen noodles if you can help with people. Like. You know, if you have the opportunity to work, work. Uh, what, I, what I do want to address, though, is, you know, the people who want to be great and really want to crush it for these clients. Um, and I'm assuming, hopefully, that once you get to a certain level, you know, if I'm known in North Carolina as like, hey, if you're getting married in the mountains, you need to call this guy, then I probably won't have a ton of, of difficulty, you know, supporting that. Um, so... <clears throat> At, at this point, you know, we've, we've figured out our people and who we want to talk to. We've figured out how they talk, you know, based on our research that we went through. Um, and now what we're doing is discovering where they are, uh, not only in their psychological journey, like you said, but where actually, like, are they on Instagram? Are they on WeddingWire? Are they on Facebook? Are they at the flea market? Who knows? 
Um, if they're at the flea market, you may want a new business model, but you know, that's just personal opinion. Um, so, so what's next, uh, in that process? Let's say that, uh, you know, I found my, my tattoo people who are not afraid to cover them up or are afraid to not cover them up. However, we said that, and you know, they're all about self-expression and being themselves and unique. And so I found out that I've learned their language. I know how to talk to them and I've got this plan to do so. Um, and then I figure out they're all hanging out, you know, on Instagram. What's next? Like, so once you choose the places you're going to show up or the places you're going to pay to show up or whatever the case may be, I really like people to make as many decisions up front when they're doing their planning as possible. So anything you can do to make things easier on yourself as you go is going to make it a lot easier. So for instance, you're going to post on Instagram. You decide right now I'm going to post on Instagram three days a week in my feed and I'm going to post two stories a week. Okay. We can give those kinds of categories. So maybe one of those is a photo where you're telling a story about the client or about your process with the client. Maybe one of those categories is a portfolio video. So you're actually sharing a video that you've done. Maybe another one is addressing objections. Like you can choose these buckets and with stories, you know, it can be getting engagement, asking questions. You know, there's a lot of things you can do there, but I think it's a lot easier in your mind to fill very specific categories within anything that you're doing. And then I encourage people to do that as part of a 90 day plan because 90 days is easy to commit to. It's enough where you can make progress. It's not so much that it feels overwhelming, like you're over planning. Like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing this time next year. Why am I going to make a one or two year plan? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know, right? Like maybe where I want to be, but how do you actually break that yearly goal down if you don't have a smaller plan to take action on? Hmm. So really then it's deciding, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is when I'm going to do it. If you're writing blog posts, when are you going to publish those? When are you going to write them? Are you going to sit down one day a month and crank them all out and schedule them? Doing this up front makes it so much easier so you don't have to think about it as much mm -hmm. because it's when you get into thinking about it and making decisions on the fly that it gets stressful. That's good stuff. Chaz, what do you got, dude? So <clears throat> with that being said, would you say um, – would you say when it comes to marketing or, or getting your name out there, would you say consistency is a major factor? You know, let's just say we're talking about <clears throat> a podcast, for example, you know, <laughs> would you say um, that this podcast needs to schedule a, a regular day that it'll be released? You Thursdays know? at six that, sounds good that, you know, if, for that podcast, whoever they may be. If this podcast existed yeah. and... <laughs> Let's say it did. I would say yes. Consistency really, really helps. And batching helps too. So mm -hmm. if you can do a bunch back to back to back to back and then just mm -hmm. be done with it for a while, that just takes that off your shoulders. Unbelievable. That is brilliant. We should tell those people that we know, Chaz. You know, the, the one that, you know. Yeah, back to you, Eric. <laughs> um, 
Well, now I forgot my train of thought because you're begging on me over here. Um, okay, so so I've got a couple questions. Uh, let's say that I make this 90-day plan. Um, I figure out these people, and I'm really trying my best. At what point do you change your plan? You know, let's say that I've made this 90-day plan. I've been really giving it my all, and I've hired, I've got hired exactly zero times by these people. Like, when should I reevaluate? Should I always reevaluate? Should I test and change? And should I be afraid to change? Or So changing and experimenting is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And as long as you do it within the confines of, you don't just run experiments without looking at the results, which is what I know I've been guilty of doing. I'm sure we've all done it. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I'm going to do this thing. I don't know if it worked. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll just move on to something else. Yep. That is where it gets a little messy. But if you set up structures for yourself, which for me are a weekly CEO date with myself, where I sit down for like 10 minutes and ask myself, okay, what did I accomplish this week? What didn't go so well? And how can I change that? Looking at my numbers, you know, how are things going? Is there anything I need to make adjustments on right now? Is there anything I should be really happy about? that happened this week. Cause I don't know about you guys, but I tend to railroad over my accomplishments in the name of looking <laughs> at the next thing on the to-do list. Uh-huh. So it helps. It really does help to look at what it is you accomplish, what needs to change. And then on a monthly basis and then on a 90 day, okay, let's look at what we said we were going to do for the last 90 days. Uh-huh. What am I going to continue doing? What am I going to stop doing? Which is probably one of my favorite questions because you don't have to keep adding shit on top. Like you had, you get to stop doing things that aren't working. I mean, if it's not working, maybe change your tactic. Maybe that's what it is. But if it's just not working, you don't have to do it. You get to quit. And it's actually really nice to take that time back or that money back or that effort back. Yeah. I like that. So I have another question that that popped in my head. Um, and this is one that I, I get in, I don't want to say arguments. I don't really argue with people, um, except Chaz, but you know, healthy discussions about, and that is in your opinion, you know, being a marketing expert here, what is more important? Is it volume of the content or the quality of the content? Because I know some people who, uh, you know, they'll post something that I would consider substandard just to make sure they have a post or is it more important to stay on brand and make sure you're telling the same story across the entire, you know, if it's Instagram, Facebook, you know, your car, you're driving, whatever, you know, we're talking about, what do you find in your experience has been more effective? I think quality is more important, but only when you're not using it as an excuse to procrastinate. Mm. If it's never good enough, then mm -mm, you are making excuses. That's the second time I've heard someone say that this week. So it must be true. Um, (laughs) People who are so, it may have been Gary Vee. Like your excuse is always like, ah, it's not good enough yet. It's like, you're just, you're just waiting just to procrastinate. Yeah. You don't want to put it out there. You're scared. Yeah. Yeah. You're, it's a self-esteem issue. Yeah. Um, And I mean, I definitely subscribe to the idea that done is better than perfect, but mm -hmm. done within certain means like, right. Like not awful, you know, like not clearly just slapped together, Mm -hmm. you know, still done within some guidelines, but 
you know, people get really fixated on that 1% increase in perfection they can make. And it's like, nobody even notices that. Yeah. So it doesn't work for you unless it's out. So what I'm hearing is no, don't procrastinate, you know, don't be lazy. Uh, I do that sometimes, but you know, the quality of the content is more important. Uh, and from what I'm hearing that making posts that don't serve the people you're trying to serve are wasting your time. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree with you on that. And I think that goes across the board and any type of marketing, anything that you're doing, it becomes then something that waters down your brand mm -hmm. and it becomes something that is a waste of time because Probably what's happening in that instance, what I see with people who are just like trying to churn stuff out mm -hmm. is that you are uncomfortable with the idea of doing the strategic things. Like let's say your three most important things to move your business forward took two hours. You are not comfortable with walking away. You need to have butt in seat time, you know, for the next six hours. So God do something. Guess I'll just, you know, create a bunch of stuff, <laughs> which I, we all do, yeah. but it's like, okay, is this actually strategic in any way? Does this actually serve who I'm trying to serve? Or am I just uncomfortable with the fact that I can be successful and not work myself into the ground? Mm -hmm. So like Chaz said a second ago, this is pretty heavy stuff. You know, our podcast, we like to give good information. That's really important to us. But we also like to have fun. So we'll take a quick break here. I got some questions for you that aren't related to marketing. We're going to come back to this. All right. Um, so in our last episode, uh, things got a little heated concerning pizza. And literally, Chaz, I'm not lying, within probably five to six minutes when I uploaded the podcast, I was getting texts about <laughs> the way we eat pizza is wrong. So we need to know, Heidi. Uh, and this is something that, you know, we have to know what kind of people we're dealing with. How do you eat your pizza? I am a grab no 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 you're not oh. supposed to tell her oh you're just right, ask right. Her. Just ask, so ask. are we talking about like the function of like how do you take no. this and put when it you grab there? a piece of pizza how do you eat it okay um most of the time with my hand unless <laughs> there are certain restaurants and it's not it. because like oh Don't it's fancy it. it's because of the it. type of pizza that i would knife and fork it Ooh. It's because like, if it's a real deep dish and it's stringy, like that's hard to eat with your hands. Okay, so what if it's not one of those pizzas? What if it's a regular Domino's pizza? How do you with my it? hand. Yeah. I mean, besides with your hands, like what do you do with the uh, size of pizza? Are you going for folded? Because I don't fold. Ooh. <laughs> so how do you hold it? You hold it with like two hands or just one? Or are you just like like this? Just a one. Ooh. I kind of, I do a slight, like. Like the slight crease. 30 like, degree, 45 yeah. degree yeah. fold. To hold it. Just yeah. enough to, for it to like roll up enough. So Stand it up. Give it the support. Yeah. yeah. So you just yeah. create like a little bridge, a little arc. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like her. I like her. <laughs> um, and you know, also Chaz, I got accused of, uh, of not being honest with my double stacking story, which I don't appreciate that. And they know who they Ooh. are. They know who they are. Do you remember my story with my sister-in-law and someone eating her yeah. pizza? The one with the you found out years later. When, uh, oh, I think yeah, I think it was your brother or brother-in-law busting out laughing yeah. at a function. Yep. 
bunch of slackers. So now that we know that, and the audience, you know, they're they're basically begging to know. You know well, let me eat. ask you this. Oh, here we go. What is what is the best type of pizza in mm. terms of regions? Wow, that's a tough question. So I'm I'm gonna sit this one out because I don't eat pork <laughs> or beef. I only eat chicken and seafood. So you know. My my selection is very good. Cheese pizza, cheese, veggie, or chicken. That's it. Okay, well that's not bad. You can still go based on region, like you know, different types of crust. Like I, I think it, I think it depends on the amount of pizza that you want to eat that particular day. Mm. You know, that's fair. So with your with your Chicago the deep dish. Man, you only gonna get like two or three slices. You gonna be full, you know. But if you go, if you go over here to the East Coast, and you eating the big Brooklyn joint, you know, mm-hmm. you know the Brooklyn pizza that I know the slice is like a, a baby pizza in itself. You only gonna need one. But then if you go to the West Coast, you know they gonna have the little fancy, little nice and neat looking pizza, and you gonna eat the whole thing, and you gonna. <laughs> So, dude, Chaz, I got a question, man. Before we get back to marketing, you live in in a certain place where I used to live. Is there yeah. a pizza place around there called Smugglers? No, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I know. Dude, I need to Google it, dude. They had the best pizza I've ever had in my Smugglers. entire life. Do you guys have jets where you are? Uh, like we don't have jets here, but we have um, we have C seventeens. They're the, okay. the very big. <laughs> Military planes. He's talking about actual planes, not not a franchise of pizza. Um, oh, never mind. I messed up. <laughs> no, I honestly, I I think one of the things I miss about Michigan most is Jets pizza. It's the best pizza that exists. I've not tried that before. It's like um, a Detroit Sicilian crust. Oh, I do like Sicilian. I do like that. Um, so back back into marketing. Now that we've let our audience breathe for a moment. Um, and you know get their mind wrapped around what we've already discussed Um, what's the next step here Uh, let's say that I've created a a 90-day process and the 90-day process has worked well do I duplicate that and like double my efforts or how does that work from there on out yeah so I'm a big proponent of doubling down on what's working Mm -hmm. if something's working do more of it rinse and repeat yeah exactly And if let's say you were splitting your time equally between three different marketing tactics and one of them just killed it, maybe give that more time or more budget or more strategy or more effort because there aren't all created equal. Sure, you're going to have like a trickle of clients from one and one that just completely knocks it out of the park. And it makes sense to have a range, but it also makes sense to – allocate your resources accordingly big facts i like that a lot so i don't think you need to reinvent the wheel i mean if something's working don't stop doing it i like that that's good stuff uh breaking news here you know i've got to interrupt just for a second 3114 north main street and hope mills Chaz is the address to smugglers pizza i live in hope mills do you so you should probably give them a buzz and see you know what was it what was it again 3114 North Main Street. It's over there by the DMV, across the road. I was down the way then. Uh, you just got to try it, man. Let me know what you think. Yeah, see, man, I'll go down the way that often. You know what I'm saying? I live up this way, so I ain't going to go down that way. Yeah, but just stop. You know what I'm saying? Just quit it. You know what I'm saying? Stop it. Uh, 
So Heidi, um, my next question, hopefully you're okay with more questions. I like to ask them. Um, what is a tip that you can give, you know, staying on this topic, um, you know, as far as communicating to these people, not where, but like, do you have any tips for someone like the first time reaching out? Like how should they approach this? With their when first you say reach contact. Out. Oh, so like, um, like someone has inquired with them. Is that what you're talking about? Or are we talking about just across the board marketing? Um, so let's get a little more specific. Yeah. Let's, I'll give you a scenario here. Um, and this is something that I've noticed in our group, uh, our Facebook group that people tend to do. Um, so let's say I'm part of a Facebook group where I have found that my ideal customer likes to hang out and communicate with each other. Um, and let's say someone has presented an opportunity and they're looking for what I do. They make a post like, hey, I'm looking for a wedding videographer. How, like, what tips can you give someone on, on how to reach out? Like, you know, if they're looking for you, they're putting it out there into the world that I, they need you. What, like, how would you, what tips do you got? Yeah, so I think the most important thing, especially when you're in a group or something like that where people can get a little like spammy McSpammerson about it, <laughs> it's really important to remain helpful. So your marketing should help whether or not they decide to work with you, whatever, answer people's questions, you know, offer up tips, anything that you can do within the realms of the group is going to help you stand out. But when someone actually says something, I would absolutely comment and say, Hey, I'm, Heidi, this is what I do. I'd love to have a chat with you to see if we're a good fit for one another. Uh, here's a link to schedule a call with me. I'll shoot you a DM as well so it doesn't get lost. Mm -hmm. Just like real casual, like, Not here, let's it. see if we're a mutual yeah. fit. And I'm a big proponent of that as well. Um, in fact, it's, it's part of the number one things that I tell people to do is in these groups, just be helpful. Because maybe they don't go with you, but maybe one of their friends brings up your name two months from now. And then what will they remember? Like, oh, he spammed the mess out of my DMs. Or like, he was pretty helpful. Maybe you should give him a try. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think, you know, building that value. Or maybe the person doesn't book you, or some, but someone else in the comments may be looking too. And, you know, being the guy who, I've, I mean, I've had that plenty of times where someone that's not even commenting on it is like, hey, I saw your comment. Can we chat? And it works out. Um, so that's huge. Now, being that, you know, we're at 47 minutes now, we usually run about an hour. I don't know that we have enough time to give these other, other two topics justice. Maybe it's something that we could have you back on, um, you know, on future podcasts. But I do want to ask you, and like I said, we're going to give you a section to, you know, plug your business because, you know, if you have stuff that can help people, we want to help you help people. Um, but do you have any other tips when it comes to marketing for, for new people? people who maybe don't have a business plan set up yet, or maybe it's not a very good marketing plan. I didn't mean to say business plan. Um, but do you have any overall tips, any, any last words on this that, you know, may help someone out? Okay. I'm going to throw some tough love out there. Here we go. Nobody cares about you. Woo. They Man, only care. They only care about what you can do for them. Ooh. So nobody cares that you've been in business for 15 years. They care what that means. Does that mean, and they don't know that if you don't tell them too. I mean, they don't care that 
you are, you know, the specific kind of videographer when they don't know what that means. They don't care that you're looking for clients. They care about the problem they have. And if you can be a solution to that problem, fantastic. But it's not about you. It's about solving the problem. And mm. as long as you can keep that in mind, it's like a, a quick check anytime you're doing anything marketing-wise. Am I solving the problem or am I talking about myself? And it's okay to talk about you and share who you are. I think that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But if it's that, you know, copy and paste, book me, work with me. Mm. You can hire me here. Like, mm, I don't like that. I don't care. <laughs> you have to make me care. <laughs> right. So, man, that's good stuff. We got to do. So, yeah, gotta... just asking why. Like, anytime you you know, you go through your website. I do website reviews for my members in my membership. And a lot of the times I'm going through like the bullet points of their package. I'm like, why do I care? Why should I care? I don't know what this means. Mm -hmm. So you have to explain to me why I should care. Like if you're a photographer and you offer 10 hours of coverage, is that a lot? Is that little? I don't know. I'm someone who probably hasn't gotten married before. What does that mean? What does nope. that actually do for me? Nope. So, and is it that when your dad has had one too many drinks, we get some amazing photos of him busting a move on the dance floor? <laughs> yes, I would like to work with you, please. Okay. That, that ties back to that, um, that big debate that we had in the Facebook group about the filmmaker, the, the, the videographer, and the cinematographer. Like, bro, you know, I understand we get it, but they don't get it. You know, what do you do? You're a videographer. That's the most common thing now. Filmmaker to me is, is something that really just gained traction. Cinematographer is like the top notch professional, you know, but when you say cinematographer, yo, no lie. I've bumped into more people that can't say the word cinematographer that, that I probably should, you know what I'm saying? So if they can't say it, they don't know what it means. So and they're not searching the for it. Yeah. Use the language that they look for. Use the language that they understand. It's easy as pie, guys. Stop, stop, you know, overcomplicating this mess. It's Man. really, really easy to overcomplicate. And if you strip it down, you're just showing someone how you can get them from point A to point B. Exactly. I'm getting so mad. I'm getting so mad, Aaron. Aaron, I'm getting <laughs> mad, man. I see that, Chess. Anything else you got to get off your chest, bro? No, I'm day, man. Oh, yeah, that's, that's coming up. Give me just a second here. Um, so, so overarching, uh, Heidi, <clears throat> let me think if, if I've got this correctly. Uh, so I've got a, a group of people who I want to be of help to. These are the kind of people I want to work for and work with. Um, I've figured out how they talk. I've figured out their language, where they're hanging out. And, you know, I now have these opportunities to have conversations with them. Um, so the, at the, at the largest level, I mean, they have to have a problem I need to solve. If they're not getting married, they're probably not going to hire me to film a wedding. That's not theirs. That wouldn't make any sense. Um, so they've got that problem. But what I heard in the last section was, do you have to, you know, through your material kind of educate them of the problems they don't realize they have? Like, so if, you know, someone comes to you and says like, oh, you get four hours of coverage. Well, four hours seems like a long time to me. But do you need to let them yeah. know, like, well, actually, you know, I give 10 hours because, you know, eight hours just doesn't seem like it's enough. Or, you know, yeah. I give a 10 minute video because five minutes really isn't going to capture grandma. 
getting all of her, you know, Walker moves on on the dance floor. Am I hearing mm. you correctly? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, think about your own behavior. Like, no one is going around like, I need a dentist. <laughs> They're like, my tooth hurts and someone needs to make it stop. And yeah. I want to prevent this from happening in the future. You're focused on the problem. Uh-huh. You aren't focused on the person necessarily who's going to solve it. You're just focused on, can somebody help me with this problem? Yeah. You really have to take that leadership role, like in this example, a dentist would, where they might say, well, here's the thing. You haven't been coming in for checkups. These aren't just for like shits and giggles. Here's actually what happens to your mm-hmm. teeth when you don't. And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know. I thought I was just, that was just a scam. I just had to come in every six months and you just wanted me to come in. Like, no, this is actually how this progresses. And you mm-hmm. have to take that leading role and kind of take them by the hand and show them the things that they don't know they don't know mm-hmm. because you're the expert at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Whether you see yourself as one as or not, in this capacity, you know a lot more about this than they do. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. So I've got one Preach. last question before we get to our nugget of the day. Um, and that is... I don't know if you have any tips here and if you don't, that's okay. Um, but so I've got my marketing plan. Uh, the client has chosen to work with me. It went fantastic. The product is exactly what they want. What are some ways that I could get them to talk about me to other people that, you know, without being like, Hey, can you make some posts about me or something like that probably wouldn't work. Um, but is there anything that you know off the top of your head? Like, you know, a way to do so well for them that they can't resist to tell people how well you did. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple of things and you were talking about marketing books and there's been, there's one I've been meaning to read and I just listened to a podcast with the author and it's called talk triggers mm-hmm. and it's about creating a part of the experience that's unexpected and gets people talking. But I mean, aside from that, when you really keep in mind in marketing that you're dealing with human beings and so you're dealing with psychology and everyone's favorite topic is themselves. Uh If you do something as simple as like post a photo with a couple and tag them, they'll probably share it. They'll probably repost it. Everyone likes to share things of themselves. Especially on the day that they look the best that they've ever Right. (laughs) Yeah. They spent money to look that good. Right. And in addition to that, following up, making sure you're getting a solid testimonial mm-hmm. and using that, really leveraging that. And I think a lot of people let testimonials rot on their website. I'm a big, and you I'm can a big proponent them. of testimonials. Like they're so, they, do, they work so good. Yeah. Because like I can say all day I'm great, but if someone else does, that carries so much more weight. Mm-hmm. that it is because it's funny i also do uh commercial work on the side for like businesses um and i literally have on my phone testimonials from other businesses so in the meeting i can just show them you know then That's when they're smart. like yeah they're like well can we see some of your work and i was like we'll see what they had to say about it mm-hmm. um yeah and they're just like well who do we make the checkout to and i'm like well thank you um so i, I appreciate those tips and you know i guess in the end you know, to give them something worth talking about. 
you know, whether that's exactly. extra shot, you know, an, an extra memory, uh, you know, the, maybe you got this new cool camera system that's awesome for dancing and they didn't know you had it and you surprised them. And it was this awesome thing that they got to see. Um, so give them something worth talking about. Uh, or something like, as simple as sending them a first anniversary card. Oh, that's something worth talking about. You know, it's, you can automate it. So right. you don't even have to deal with it. It can just be done. And that means so much. Nobody is doing that. And you aren't even like a friend or a family member and you did that. That's really kind. Nope. Yeah. I like yep. that. So <clears throat> Chaz, without further yeah. ado, this, I know the people, so I get, I get fan mail, right? And it comes in by the tens of thousands. Oh and, man. And, and people are wanting to know what today's nugget is. They wanted me to spoil it earlier. I've had people knocking on my door, ringing my cell phone. Uh, I don't know how they got my number. Well, uh, what time is it? Man, it's time for the nugget of the day, dog. Chess, it's time. Nugget of the day. The nugget of the day, man. The nugget of the day. The nugget of the day, man. So, you know what? This podcast really, what today's podcast, rather, it tied into what the nugget of the day is. And um, the nugget of the day is just two simple words. It's the mud. Um, short story. I have a close friend. This friend has been in the wedding industry for about a year and she doesn't understand how come last year doesn't match this year. And what I told her is everybody has to go through the mud in this thing, you know, is I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's unavoidable unless you're like a YouTube sensation or something or, or you hit the lotto or whatever. But if you're a regular Joe, if you're a regular hustler, if you're a regular go-getter, you have to go through the mud. And what the mud is, is doing the work that nobody else wants to do, doing the stuff that people don't think about doing to be successful, doing the marketing tactics, testing, um, marketing tactic A versus B, what worked better. Um, and creating a C, you know, this is the mud. This is the thing that gets you from being the average Joe to the top of the line person. It's about the smoke in the mirrors. The smoke in the mirrors, it's, it's, the, it's the mud, guys. So understand that this industry and a lot of things in life, um, even, if you, if, even if you go to college, if you go to college and you get your little bachelor's, you're not little, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend our college scores, but if you get your, your bachelor's degree, you get your master's degree, you get your doctorate, that's the mud, you know, mm -hmm. but you got to understand that when you're losing the sleep and you're cracking up in these books and writing these papers, you got to understand I'm doing this for this particular career field, this particular six-figure salary. In our case, this particular freedom, this six-figure salary, you know. So understand that everyone goes through the mud. It doesn't last always. And just keep pushing forward and giving it your all. And, guys, that's my nugget of the day. Yeah. I love the nugget. How did you have anything to, to, you know, echo off of that nugget? I see you, like, it looked like you were feeling it. Yeah, totally. And I think it's that, you know, when you're new, you don't realize that, it ebbs and flows and there are times when it's like that weird entrepreneur graph of like this is amazing i'm a failure like <laughs> the same day you yeah. know it's normal 
And I think when you realize that, it makes it, it makes it less important. It makes it hurt less. You know, you don't take it personally that this is mm -hmm. happening. It's just, okay, this is just par for the course. Yeah, absolutely. That's good stuff. So Chaz, um, you usually say this, but I guess I'll say it since I actually remembered this time. Uh, good job. Heidi, if you want to take a moment, uh, you know, to plug your business and, you know, how you can help all the listeners, how, you know, how they can contact you, all these other things, where you can be found, here's your opportunity. Sure. So my business is Evolve Your Wedding Business and my main site is EvolveYourWeddingBusiness.com. And I actually have a training on this specific topic that you can dive into if you really want to go in and create a marketing plan. And you can find that at EvolveYourWeddingBusiness.com slash webinar. I also have a podcast statement, Evolve Your Wedding Business Podcast. And if you want to check out the book I mentioned to get the more nitty gritty aspects of this whole client thing, you can do that. It's at uh, EvolveYourWeddingBusiness.com slash clone. And the book is called Clone Your Best Clients. And you can find it on Amazon. Do you got any social media handles you want anybody to follow and check out? Evolve your wedding business, all of the above, but especially Instagram. Instagram's the most fun. <laughs> Very nice. That was a good plug. That was one of the better plugs. Um, Chaz, what else do you got for the, the audience today, man? They've been looking you know, for you. Man. You know what I got to say? Let me pause you. I'm going to interrupt for a second. Hit me, bro. Go where, ahead. Where have you been at in the Facebook group, man? Yo, I don't know. <laughs> 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 yeah, I tried. I tried to think of a lot, but it was just like this just came out. I don't. I don't really know. Um, the wedding, the, the the Facebook group. It's been, it's been okay. It hasn't been anything where I feel like I can really chime in, or or if I do, you've already said what I thought you were gonna. What I what I would have said. You know what I'm saying? So you, you're the only other admin there besides me. Nah, man, they, you you don't want to. Miss you. Hey, you're doing an amazing job, bro. Keep it's up the good they work. Like, they like you better than me. It's funny. Nah, like, dude, no, for real. They do. I'll get <laughs> what? So do people message you about the podcast or they just message me? Yeah, they hit me up on the podcast about the podcast. Well, some people, not everybody. It's funny, dude. Like, I can, I get a lot of messages where it's like, I'll say something. Like, I remember saying on the podcast and they're mm -hmm. like, oh, I really liked how Chaz said that. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, I said it. But it's like they always want to give Chaz the love, and they're like, oh, well, the Aaron's with them sometimes. Nah, man. It's because of my voice. They you know want to hear you, man. They, they I, got the, I got the smooth Rico Suave voice. You know what I'm saying? You got the business voice. Like, <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really in the, the women listeners. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm just man. <laughs> <laughs> You keep reeling them in, man. Uh, right. Dude, you got anything else for, for anybody, man? Nah, man, I, we appreciate the support, the love, you know, the questions, the people in the Facebook group. Um, and just a, uh, just another thing that I just randomly thought of, if you try to join a Facebook group and you don't answer the questions, Aaron, this is a slight confession to you. Mm. I don't let people join. I say, I'm going to leave them there and I'm going to let Aaron do whatever he wants to do. Yeah, I just like, decline. Answer the questions, man. It's, it's like, <laughs> we're not asking a social, yeah. bro. we we'll just answer them. The only way that, so here's my, here's my process. And I know that's what it is. Cause sometimes like people will be coming. I'm like, I don't remember these people. So they, I was like, Chaz must've let them in. But then when they're just sitting there and they don't answer the questions, I just click decline. Like if you can't take the time to answer the question, then you're probably not going to contribute to the group in the way we want. Right. Um, and I also think it's funny 
that sometimes I will let people in that don't answer the questions if we have a mutual friend. Uh, oh. So like if they're a friend of mine and a friend of yours, I'll let them in. Okay. Um, or if, or if they're just a friend of yours, you know what I'm saying? Like if they know you, like, you know, they're probably joining for a reason. Yeah. But otherwise, like if you're, you know, if you're in like yeah. South Florida and you're trying to join up and you don't answer the questions, I got nothing for you. Try again next time. No. Um, no. Very cool. Hi, do you have anything else for the audience today? I think we covered a lot. I think I've given you guys a lot to mull over, but remember at its base level, it is very simple. doesn't mean it's easy, but it's simple. Very good. Well, we do, we do appreciate you coming on. Uh, I feel like that's a lot of great information for the audience. Uh, if no one has anything else, as always, it's been fun. Peace. <laughs>